This is Lena from Infected Rain. Brian Fair from Shadows Fall. Gary Hall from Exodus and recently retired from Slayer. Phil from Violence here. This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder. This is Christian from Lions at the Gate. Yo, 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 Igor Cavalera here. Hey, this is Charlie with Anthrax. I just want to give a shout out to Pedalton and Metal Radio, the podcast. The podcast to get all your rock and metal news plus reviews. With new episodes dropping every Sunday, make sure you tune in. Keep rocking with Pedal to the Metal. Check it out now. Keep it metal. Hell yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition of Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. I'm your main man here, Eddie Monster here, ready to deliver the goods. That's right. We've got a great episode for you guys. That's right. We've got two amazing bands you should know artists. We've got an amazing unsigned band of the week for you guys, plus rock and metal news and the top 10 of 2009. That's right. We are going to be counting down my top 10 of 2009 as always we've been doing it since my birthday this year because uh, we're celebrating the 40 years of me being alive and and being engulfed in metal that's right so as always you guys know and if those of you who are just joining us for the first time uh, all links to the show are provided in the description so please if you want to follow us on facebook instagram or twitter You can do so by clicking any of those, and you can also follow our blog page, which has every episode uh, new and archived, so all the links are there. Click on it. We also are providing all the links to all the bands that are played on the show as well, so be sure to click on the links, visit the bands, support music, buy some merch, buy music, whatever it may be. All right, so... This past week, we didn't have an episode. We did a fun size episode, uh, so to speak. So just to catch you up, uh, we talked about Serena True Blood and her bullshit with Metallica. There are some viable arguments, I guess, but there's a lot of uh, faults in her argument, and I had to point those out just because they were driving me nuts. So hopefully you check that out, fun size episode number three. Uh, if you haven't, make sure you check it out. We've got a couple great bands on that as well that you should definitely give some attention to. Uh, but nonetheless, that's what we talked about on that episode. Uh, be sure that we're not going to talk about it again this week. I kind of touch upon it once, and I'm kind of good with it. So that's the point of fun size. All right, so here we go. It is the top 10 of 2000 and motherfucking 9. Uh, pretty great year for metal. There's a lot of like great shit. Okay, a lot of death mixed in with black metal, mixed in with metal, mixed in with everything. Uh, music is starting to look absolutely fucking amazing. Uh, here are my honorable mentions. I've got Pray for Villains by Devil Driver, Chained to the Night by Cauldron, um, Deflorate by Black Dahlia Murder, and Agorapocalypse by Agoraphobic Nosebleed, if I could speak today. Uh, but anyways, my top 10, here it is. At number 10, we've got Babylon by Wasp. Now, in my opinion, it, it had been a long time since Wasp had done anything uh, substantial, in my opinion, right? They've had some decent 
tracks here and there on on some albums and some decent stuff but nothing was like babylon i really thought that babylon was a return to form for wasp uh which is basically blackie lawless for those of you who watched the chris holmes documentary you know the history of of wasp and if you haven't you need to check it out it's a great documentary uh one of one of my favorites uh, but yeah, so anyways, so yeah, Babylon by Wasp. I just thought it was a great return to form. Funny story about this record, real quick, if I can tell it. Uh, short story, keep it a uh, long story short, excuse me. I was supposed to interview Blackie Lawless because I was doing a music video show called The Monster Hour, which, by the way, is going to be returning for those of you out there that are wondering. Uh, it's a YouTube exclusive show. And uh, I was supposed to do an interview with him, and I was excited. I was nervous, but I was excited. Uh, it was going to be my first interview ever. First thing I've ever done, I believe, at this time. I believe it was going to be the first thing I ever did. And sort of last minute, he canceled, right? Apparently, he didn't want to talk to anybody. That was the excuse. Doesn't want to talk to nobody. No media. So they asked me, do you still want tickets to the show? I regretfully said no, because I am a spiteful motherfucker. Let me tell you, I'm very spiteful. And uh, I wish I had taken up on that and had just gone to the show and just enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like probably would have been a good time. Uh, But nonetheless, I just was I was kind of through at that point when. I, I don't know, but you know, I found out years later in this documentary that that's who Blackie Lawless is. Anyways, moving on. At number nine, we've got Endgame by Megadeth. Again, you know, decent record for Megadeth. Not very super impressed by what they're doing. Uh, number eight, All Shall Fall by Immortal. Love these guys always. Uh, number seven, The Harvest Floor by Cattle Decapitation. Really, like. Got into these guys very late, but believe it or not, this is a fucking killer release. You need to check it out. Probably, you know, it's it's hard because from this point on, all seven of these records are just fucking amazing. So there you go. Uh, number six, Existence is Futile by Boston's very own Revocation. I love these guys. They had just gotten on my radar at this point. And it was cool to find out that there was a metal band from Boston. It was like, fuck yeah. Uh, Number five, we got World Painted Blood by Slayer. It's Slayer. It's motherfucking Slayer. What else can you say? Uh, Number four, we've got Evangelion by Behemoth. Really, I uh, started discovering who who Behemoth was at this point uh, because of a kid I knew that I didn't like. And uh, he was a huge Behemoth fan because he's Polish. They're Polish. And uh, this has got some killer tracks on it. I'm not going to lie. I reviewed Evangelion for my blog. It's a great album. You need to check it out. Uh, Number three, we've got The Devil You Know by Heaven and Hell. If you don't know who Heaven and Hell is, shame on you. They're Black Sabbath with Ronnie James Dio. This would end up being the last thing Ronnie James Dio ever did. Um, and apparently Ozzy wasn't available, so the band got back together. They weren't allowed to call it Black Sabbath because they were in the middle of a fight with Ozzy over the name. And uh, eventually, as we know, 
Black Sabbath is Ozzy. They're not allowed to call it Black Sabbath if Ozzy is not in it. Uh, but nonetheless, it didn't stop them from recording music, and this is some of the best music these guys have ever done with Ronnie. Uh, agreed, you know, 100%. Uh, number two, we got the blue record by Baroness. Baroness, very, very similar to Mastodon, but they were very able to break themselves out of that mold, and the blue record definitely was on my radar at that point. Great shit. And then number one, you can't argue it, Crack the Sky was definitely the best release of 2009 by Mastodon. These guys continuously, continuously, continuously just pummeling us album after album. Great fucking band. There you go. My top 10 of 2000 and motherfucking 9 right there. All right. It is time for our first unsigned band of the week, and we've got a good one for you guys this week, as always. And the devil may have gone to Georgia, but he's getting his brains bashed in by the one and only Fractured. That's right. I'm talking about Georgia's own Fractured. Hey, that's right. We've got the track more. And here it is on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast.
It's time for Rock and Metal News, presented by Eddie Monster. Yeah, Rock and Metal News time, everybody. That's right. And uh, Gene Simmons in the news. But this time, he says he has absolutely no problem with four deserving 20-year-olds sticking the makeup back on. That's right. Kiss is eternal, according to Gene Simmons. And what that basically means is he's saying that Kiss could continue without the original members. I mean, quite frankly, they are touring without two original members as it is. You know, Eric Singer and, and Tommy Thayer. Or Th- yeah, Tommy Thayer. I believe that's his name. And uh, why not? I mean, two other guys or four other guys who are in their 20s that sound like Kiss could instantly continue as Kiss. So Kiss could be like the Blue Man Group or, you know, one of those fucking things. You know what I mean? So, you know, this is a farewell tour for sure for the original Kiss members, but it may not be a farewell tour for Kiss itself. Here's what he says. We don't know if it's going to be in New York. Well, this is actually him talking about where the final show would be, plus the other thing. We don't know if it's going to be in New York. I have good reasons why it should be, but the important thing is when it's the last show, it'll be the last show. Kiss the touring band will stop, but the touring band, Kiss, will continue in other ways. I have no problems with four deserving 20-year-olds sticking their makeup back on and hiding their identities, right? Because that's the Kiss thing to do. Kiss will continue in ways that even I haven't thought of, but I can conceive of. You know, the Blue Man Group, Phantom of the Opera, tours around the world with different personnel. There could and should be a Kiss show kind of live on stage with effects and everything else, but also semi-autobiographical biographical thing about four knuckleheads off the streets of New York that ends with the last third as a full-blown celebration a full-on performance not with us although not a problem stepping in every once in a while so there you go he says he's got no problem if they do a show and they do it right and it's kind of semi-autobiographical and You know, the ending part is the full-blown concert celebration, you know, and every once in a while, you may see Gene, you could see Paul, Ace, maybe, Peter, Chris, maybe, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe I'll hold my breath on that one. All right, Corey Feldman, we all know, man, like, Corey has just been all over the place, right? You know, there's there's these accusations, there's these things that he's been saying, which could be true and very well could be true. I'm not denying it as far as what happened to him and Corey Haim. You know, Corey Feldman, the two Corys, the Lost Boys, blah, 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 License to Drive, the Goonies, Friday the 13th Part 4, or the Final Chapter, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that Corey Feldman, right? So, Corey Feldman is now in the news claiming... That Marilyn Manson, as if Marilyn Manson didn't have enough on his fucking plate as it is with his cases, 
apparently Marilyn Manson sabotaged Feldman's pop music heavenly tour in 2017 by what they are saying is he planted moles in his band. Yeah, I'm not making this shit up. Apparently, according to Consequence, this is what he told them. And I, I don't know, whatever. You be the judge of this. The Heavenly Tour was definitely the exact opposite of that. It was the Hellish Tour, but that was due to infiltration. We had people that were sent in that were spies that were not there to be musicians, but were there to cause mayhem. They were purposely singing off-key, playing the wrong parts, doing stuff like that so we would get negative attention, get negative reviews, and then made all these terrible allegations after the tour ended saying that we didn't feed them and we didn't pay them and they didn't shower, just stupid stuff. So according to this, all this sabotage right, that Corey Feldman talks about um, is linked to a certain situation um, and connections. Uh, basically, I guess one of Manson's girlfriends was a backup singer in his in his band, and um, and that Feldman apparently toured in a tour bus that was owned by Manson. I don't know. I mean, you know. Um, I I don't know how to touch this with Corey Feldman, but, you know, whatever. Is he telling the truth? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. All right, everybody. M. Shadows, the lead singer of Avenge Sevenfold, has some advice for all you young bands. That's right. So listen the fuck up, okay, because M. Shadows has got a lesson that he wants to teach you, and apparently it is this. Attention all up-and-coming artists. Never let your art become a commodity. Let the creation take you where it's going to take you and let the chips fall where they may. Always learn where the boundaries are so you can go beyond them. Nothing will take you further away from what is important than trying to create something that will appease everyone. Analytics shows us where we have been, not where we are going. Hmm. Very interesting. I have recently seen many people pull back from Web3, and it's been for two reasons, price dip in crypto, or they don't want blowback from the mob, that they were never here for the right reason anyways. All right, so, yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess he's talking about NFTs and the way it's affecting, you know, music. And he says, I'm not a believer in just selling music as NFTs. For the consumer, I believe streaming is king. NFTs are great for community around the band, ticketing, digital events, streaming authentication, and fractionalization, as well as accounting and IP distribution. I like the idea of fans buying an NFT, which gives them a stake defined by the band in a particular record. Instead of signing with a major label and giving up much more, Meaning fans buy NFTs and band gives up 15% of future royalties to them instead of 80% to a label. Interesting. So potentially if you buy an NFT from a band, you could become potential. 
part owners of uh, royalties and stuff like that. So I guess invest in a band that you think is going to go fucking somewhere. I think that's what he's trying to say. Uh, in other news, Anthrax almost had Paul Crook, and they almost reunited with him for some shows. Apparently, because of COVID, uh, you know, they were prepared just in case. You know, and, and, and for those of you who don't know, Paul Crook played with Anthrax between 95 and 98. Um, and apparently he was on call to, to, to basically fill in for anybody. It, uh, besides Joey Belladonna and Charlie Benante, those two he couldn't. But any other members, like if Frankie had to go, if Scott or, or John, you know, whatever it may be, he was he could have been there. Um, and that's because of the cancellation of two shows. They were prepared to bring him in. Um, here's what was said. Uh, I feel okay talking about this now, but back in early June, Anthrax asked me if I'd be willing to understudy uh, Scotty and Frank Bello and Jonathan Donace in the event one of them were unable to perform on the summer tour. A lot of tours and shows are getting canceled due to the obvious. I feel the understudy thing is going to become commonplace. The guys had a health issue that began in Texas. I joined the tour in Atlanta. Um, he says shortly after. That said, Anthrax is firing on all cylinders. The show's incredible. I'm heading home. So there you go. And that actually is pretty fucking smart if you ask me, right? Why not? I mean, have an understudy. You know what I mean? And, and that understudy could basically, you know, do any position you know, it, it would be awesome to have somebody that could play drums, guitars, bass. You know, that way he could literally fill in for any musician need be, right? I mean, that's kind of smart. I'm excited for this. Just to say, I'm going to be at the Tattoo the Earth Festival on August 27th. Anthrax, Black Label, Hatebreed, At the Gates, Municipal Waste, and Forest Crowbar. Fucking, it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, the band just has uh, some few dates left. You know, their tour ends at the Fillmore in Philadelphia on August 28th. Uh, they're at Coney Island on the 26th. And Montreal, Quebec on the 24th. Toronto on the 23rd. So make sure you go and check that out. And by the time this comes out, they'll be in Pittsburgh uh, playing that show, so make sure you definitely check it out. Uh, Lingua Ignata has announced a North American tour. That's right, uh, f- as they're touring for their 2021 album Sinner Get Ready. The tour kicks off November 10th in Austin, Texas, and runs all the way to December 19th in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, they skip a lot of places. There's no Boston date. Yeah. Uh, Genocide Pact has also announced a North American tour with No Mas and Vomit Forth. That's right, the tour begins also on November 10th in Baltimore, Maryland at the Auto Bar, and it runs all the way to November 20th at the St. Vitus in Brooklyn, New York. And they're playing in Worcester, which is cool, right at Ralph's. Try to be there for that. Uh, There you go. We're going to take a small little break. It is time for our first Bands you should know artist, and this one is a pretty fucking cool one. I gotta say, um, if you love progressive death metal, you're gonna love these guys. 
is I introduced to the show French progressive death metal band Wrath of the Nebula. They've got a new album called The Ruthless Leviathan, and I am certainly excited to have these guys on the show. And without further ado, let's check out their track. This is Big Bang in reverse right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. (laughs) 